the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of the Wall Street Business Network, this station, its management, owners, or advertisers, and should not be construed as legal, tax, or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision. Insightful. Informative. Irreverent. We're ready. The Wall Street Business Network presents Rob Black and Your Money, your source for breaking news, market updates, and successful investment strategies for the 21st century. Sounds like a great program. Getting you to retirement in today's market. So let's get on with the show. Taxes, family finances, insurance, the economy, technology, media, and entertainment. Rob is talking about it with you at 800-516-1220. So call in. We'll chat and uh, have some fun. Now, to start your day with the latest news and market commentary, here's Rob Black on the Wall Street Business Network. Welcome in, Rob Black and your money talking stocks, talking investment, talking ideas that are out there. Anything you ever want to talk about, we could talk about. One of the stocks that I own and I talk about on a regular basis is Apple. In large part, I think everyone kind of knows it and kind of understands it. Now, what I want to talk about Apple now is kind of the bigger picture of we know that uh, it's been around for a while. I think it came out ultimately in 2007. So you do the math on how old it is. It's hard to believe that we've had a relationship with such a product for such a long time. That's eons in the tech industry. So what keeps the Apple phone and the glue of it all together? Well, let's start with we no longer get lost because we have a GPS device in our pocket. After lots of practice with our iPhone camera, we suddenly feel that we know that we can do a decent photograph. And if not, the software can help us figure it out. Uh, just use the editing feature a couple times, and you'll figure out that it's a little bit smarter than you with what you've already snapped. I'm more punctual and responsive um, due to the calendar. Um, the embeddedness in my life is pretty strong. The smartphone has become a close, if not closest, uh, digital pal for me. Um, and it should continue to evolve, not revolutionize, but evolve. With more than 1.2 billion iPhones sold to date, it's become one of the best-selling gadgets ever. Think of it as the, you know, part of the crazes that have happened in the world, like uh, the Cabbage Patch Kids and you know, stupid things like that. Uh, the Frisbee. Apple's phones typically cost several times more than their rivals, which is amazing that Americans are still caught up in that you know, competitiveness of keeping up with the Joneses. People spend hours on it every day. Um, some numbers say that we touch it over 600 to 1,500 times a day. The iPhone is now in a precarious position, though, as it's always in a precarious situation. Gone is the thrill that we first had when we first got it of downloading yet another app. 
we've gone from using 40 apps to using 10 apps to probably using just about four apps. So middle age is hitting the iPhone, and sometimes it's reflected in its sales. So how did this guy get into our life, and why are we continuing to love it? Um, I'm an Apple software beta tester, and I just want to see what's next. I think one of the saddest things in the world that I'm going to have to deal with one day is as I start to die, or if it happens quickly, I won't be able to see what's coming out of the world of technology. Um, Apple has done refreshing versions. They've got a premium model. They've got things low-end model. They've made room for a bigger screen by reducing the size of the bezel, um, or the forehead and the chin is the right way of saying that maybe for some people. Um, they've introduced exciting products like AirPods, which once you use the AirPods, you won't go back. Trust me, for $150, if that's the type of gift that you give at in the holidays around that $150 price target, it's always going to be a good bet you know, to pick up something like an Apple Watch or an Apple AirPods. Um, versus a tie. So the Apple stores have become a very super important part of the iPhone experience because the Genius Bar gets us repaired. When things go wrong, you can simply schedule a repair or a fix. Genius Bar is a boon. It's a plus. It's a, it's a perk for average people who need occasional help with their tech. Apple means you may have your problems resolved immediately rather than bringing the phone to a carrier and sending it off for a repair center or waiting for a return. You feel like you have to have it. The strong security of the iPhone operating system is architecturally more secure than Android. The main reason is that Apple's iOS can only run apps that Apple approved to be distributed in the App Store. By contrast, Android phones are capable of running software from outside of Google's official App Store. And apps from unauthorized sources are more likely to carry malware. Um, I think most people feel Apple's more secure. I don't know that to be completely true. Um, but I assume it to be true. And sometimes assumptions are the greater part of winning the marketing battle. The trade-off for that stronger security, of course, is flexibility. Android users are tinkered at a are free to tinker with their device through the yin-yang, while Apple iPhone customers can only use apps that play by Apple rules, both a curse and a plus. The iPhone is still arguably the best phone for regular people who just want their device to work and not worry about a lot of technical issues. Software updates are another factor in security. Apple issues its own software updates, making it easy for iPhones to get the latest security enhancements, whereas Android has to coordinate software updates with carriers, making the process more complicated and time-consuming. And a lot of people don't run the latest version of Android versus a lot of people do run the latest version of iOS. About 87% of Apple devices are running the latest iOS today, while only about 13% of Android users are running the latest version of Google. There's high privacy standards that seem to run through the culture of Apple. Tim Cook, the CEO, he's emphasized the company's commitment to privacy. Uh, which drives most of its profit from sales of hardware, not trading your user data. Uh, to further prove his point, Apple engaged in a major legal battle a couple of years ago with the FBI tied towards the agency's request to weaken iPhone encryption for a criminal investigation. Now, Apple's not perfect. I've seen them go into China, out of China, into China on privacy issues. Um, ultimately, driving sales is their you know, angle. Uh, but a lot of people have high praise for Apple making efforts to protect consumer privacy. And as I get older, that's more and more important to me. It freaks me out to see, you know, surfing on Facebook 
that they want me to go on vacation to Tahoe where I was like, I went to vacation on Tahoe a couple of years ago. How does it know that? Um, and trust me, we are given a lot of information. It's called brain hacking to Facebook and Google where Apple's trying to avoid being caught in that. I love the ecosystem of Apple. I like that the Mac and the Apple TV work together. So you take a picture on a phone, you can put it on your Mac, you can put it on your TV. You download a movie on your Mac, you can put it on your TV, you can put it on your phone. So having an iPhone to make everything work properly seems to be the, the catch. Apple's ecosystem of apps and web services are pretty pretty thorough at this point in time. They still have yet to release video, which will be another leg up for the stock. Um, Apple Apps, the Apple Music, Apple Photos, Apple Maps. Um, you know, Apple Maps wasn't as successful when it launched. Apple Music wasn't as successful when it launched. They've worked on it, trying to compete with Google Maps, Spotify, and Google Photos. So it's difficult to resist using iMessage, in my opinion, which is the default text messaging service. There's plenty of alternatives like WeChat, WhatsApp, Facebook Messenger, and Signal. I've got Facebook Messenger on my phone, and I probably use it four times a year. I hate it. Um, now, Apple's never really cracked the social scene terribly well. Some think that they should potentially... Some people think Google should require Snapchat and or Apple. The iPhone has become a brand associated with reliability and satisfaction iPhone customers are the most satisfied phone owners out there. So that's how Apple got to be 10 years old. Um, the iPhone got to be, ten, not Apple, but the iPhone got to be 10 plus years old. People still love it and people still endorse it. The original voice of Siri had no idea her voice was going to be used, having made the recordings for another company as early as 2005. Interesting. Apple launched an early camera called the Apple Quick Take in 1994. It was discontinued in 1997. Pixar's movie Monsters Create has a scene where Mike, who is the Billy Crystal character, holds up a magazine with a computer advertising on the back that said, scare different instead of think different. Love Apple and their culture. Um, I'm an enthusiast. Within reason, I own shares of the stock. I should disclose that. Find me online at robblackshow.com. Visit Rob Black online at robblack.com. Now, back to Rob Black and your money on AM 1220 KDOW. I'm Rob Black, talking money, investing, and more. First episode of South Park this season had Cartman basically playing with his Alexa. And he'd say, Hey, Alexa. No, now I can't do a Cartman voice. You will respect my authority. Alexa, say, suck, kiss my butt. So everyone who had an Alexa in their living room or in their kitchen their Alexa came on and would say, kiss my butt, 
or however Alexa says things. And the whole show featured Cartman saying, hey, Alexa, say. And it was kind of funny. Um, if you test it out, it does work. It's, it's one of those things that I don't know if we plan for that. And I don't know what the emergency plan is for maybe a husband who has emails that he doesn't want his spouse to read. And you say, hey, Alexa, read my emails. Because there isn't like a voice differentiation technology at this point in time. Or maybe it's a wife who goes out and buys like, I don't know, magical cream that she can put on her body and all her fat and uh, muscles that are relaxed go away. Her stretch marks suddenly turn into candy that you can eat. But that's the problem with Alexa. And here's the problem with Alexa that I have is that people are buying stuff on Amazon that they normally wouldn't buy. And I want to bring in Tony and Mendez in for this segment. Tony, have you ever used Amazon and um, Prime Service? Yes. Thank you very much. That's Tony Mendez. You can find him at BayAreaLoadSource.com. He is my mortgage lender. Um, the way an e-tailer has unveiled product before is always kind of interesting because it's typically like about convenience. But Amazon comes out and they unveil like 10 different Echoes, voice-activated home speakers, uh, including one that serves as a digital alarm clock, which we didn't really know we needed another digital alarm clock because don't we have alarm clocks on cell phones and, oh, heck, radio alarms, right? Lex can already help you watch videos on the web, uh, turn on kitchen timers, listen to music, shop on Amazon and do other tasks that with smartphones run by Amazon arch rivals like Google and Apple. Amazon's eager right now to have Alexa do much, 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 much more, like control your remote control. Um, they say like a way to a man's heart is through his stomach. They say a way through a woman's heart is with a good bank account. They don't say that. It's just that's my freaking freaking assumption at this point. Busted eardrums. Uh, I need coffee. Um, so Amazon wants Alexa to do more. Control your TV. And we're just not there yet. Like Apple TV's new Apple TV, it's great. And it makes the picture so much better. And if you have Comcast and you, Comcast boxes typically don't support 4K, but the Apple TV does support 4K. And if you want to watch ABC on Comcast, you're getting like 1K or 2K at best. But if you watch it through your box on Apple or through Roku, they all have 4K boxes. Um, you're getting 4K. So, like, yesterday I was doing a side-by-side comparison. It's, like, pretty impressive. Um, but controlling my TV is ultimately my, my happy point, right? Amazon promises a single command. Alexa can take over your morning routine on flipping on lights, find a pot of coffee. Alexa wants to control a 1990s novelty gift. Uh, big Mouth Billy Bass. Do you remember Big Mouth Billy Bass? It's a big fake bass that's mounted on a wall. Alexa has one of those coming out, or Amazon has one of those coming out that has Alexa's voice. And you can say, hey, big mouth Billy Bass, what's the score of the Bass Fisherman con- Contest this week in Oklahoma City? And big bass Billy Bass, big mouth Billy Bass would be able to give an answer to you. And what's fascinating about that is um, when I quit this show, I'm going to become a writer on a fishing show. So um, that's my goal. It's always been my retirement goal. It's either that or go on Survivor. <laughs> It's my big mouth Billy Bass. I fired it up from my, my basement this weekend. When I was down in the basement, I said hello to all my prisoners, my captives, 
people that you're going to be like, oh, that's where that person was. Uh-huh. So Big Mouth Billy Bass is going to be controlled by Alexa now. Amazon's building a future untethered from the smartphone is what they're trying to do, but with all the software intelligence, that gadget, and more. So remember they had the smartphone that had this like uh, 3D holographic thing? Biggest flop. And uh, Jeff Bezos is like, oh, we're going to make bigger flops. And basically he wants to control your TV like your phone would control your TV. He wants to give you sports scores like your phone would give you sports scores. He wants to give you a timer on your, on your cooking like your phone would give you a timer. But he wants to do it with different devices. It's almost as if he was dumped by a cell phone when he was younger. And he's doing everything he can to kill the cell phone. So each Alexa-powered Amazon device seems carefully calibrated to optimize a specific task. The Fire TV is for entertainment. The Echo is for music. The Spot is for morning and nighttime routines. The Echo shows for communication. So he's trying to throw stuff. For the record, I threw some dog poop against a wall, and it's stuck. So you know how there, there's that saying of throwing poop against the wall? Ah! It's actually kind of artistic. And I get why Jeff Bezos is throwing everything against the wall at this point in time. Um, because some stuff does stick. So there's no guarantees that the strategy is going to win. And some people look at poop against the wall and go, it's just poop against the wall. And that's like looking at Jackson Pollock and just saying it's a whole bunch of scribbles. So the dominant form of computing is still the smartphone. But even Apple's moving away from it because now they have a smartphone that can make phone calls. And let me tell you, it is pretty nice to have your cell phone in your pocket to be out on a date doing a little zooby zooby zoo having a little wine and the lady, the lady across from me is like oh Robert you're so funny and I'm like well I thank you and she's like you know what I really like about you is you're not always looking at your phone I'm like why well, thank you but I am looking at I can tell on my watch my watch has a funny you know bzz, 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 three buzzes it's, it's my friend Tony Let's bring in Tony real quick for... Did you know, Tony, that you're a three-buzz guy on my, on my watch? What does that mean? That's Tony Mendez with BayAreaLoanSource.com. Get your mortgage done through Tony at BayAreaLoanSource.com. So, back to me. Um, yeah, so, like, the watch is moving away from the phone, and it's kind of nice. So there's no guarantee that uh, Bezos is going to win out on the strategy. The dominant form of computing is still the smartphone. But in five to ten years from now, Apple's moving away from it. The facial recognition that they're they're unlocking with their their X, not their X, their ten. I like saying it like X, not like the letter X, but like E E E E C K X. The X, the iPhone X. You say that? I know, right? So the jury's still out if these devices are going to like basically eventually just let our phone be a phone again. Wouldn't that be refreshing? Um, and I'm still waiting for the Get Smart 2 phone. Okay. So yesterday I sang, I'm coming out. Tied towards some company coming out with a new product. But I did a song version, and I got no hate email. So I'm going to do a song every single day now until I get hate email. Hate email powers me. Like solar energy powers Tesla. Uh, so this is where that song came from in my head. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial. Is there a reason why I'm still awake? And he says, I've got you written in a black book on a railroad track. You see, I know your fate. And I said, you've got to listen. I'm a songbird with a brand new track. You underestimate. I'll give you something to prove. 
comments and questions are always welcome. Visit Rob Black online at robblack.com. Now, back to Rob Black and your money on AM 1220 KDOW. Stop talk with Rob Black. Black. Good morning and good day. I'm Rob Black talking money, investing, and more. Talking a little stock talk as I'm wont to do. I do want to constantly remind you, A, that I love you, and B, that I get a lot of value from doing this show myself. I get to talk about things and look at things and try to figure out what not to do wrong. It sounds like a crazy idea, but it makes me a better investor, and it helps people that I work with. I still do look over portfolios. I still do the day-to-day hard work that it takes to become a successful money manager and portfolio manager. Um, to become a successful executive as far as understanding people's needs and wants. Um, I'm there for you. So, and I try to share that information with you. I ask that you share the show with others. Um, let people know. So the Money 101s are broken out into their own little shows. The Stock Talks are broken out in their own little shows. And the general show that I do Monday through Friday from 7 a.m. to 9 a.m., uh, Rob Black and Your Money is, it's, it's, I'm not going to call it generic because that's the wrong thing to say. What is the right thing to say is that I try to look at the daily headline news during that hour, two hours, and really give you a good idea um, of what's going on as far as stories go. For instance, and you know, not be, to be limited to in any way, shape, or form, uh, I think we have a pretty interesting stock market at this point in time. And when you look at like a Netflix and just see that, you know, there's statistics out there like the rising number of people watching the rising percentages of television on a phone are rising. And you're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Tell me something I don't know. Um, yeah, but that's pretty dramatic. I remember the good old days of looking at Best Buy and thinking, OK, we just got through Christmas. Now I could finally buy a TV. And it wasn't that you could finally buy a TV, because you only buy a TV, what, every five to seven years, which is one of the reasons they say that Apple has no interest in getting into the TV market, is that the upgrade cycle's too long, and during those five to seven years, things change so aggressively in the world of television that it might be an issue for you. So, as far as staying relevant goes, I will say I did pick up the Apple 4K box, and it's beautiful and it's stunning. And if you've got young children or if you've got like a need to have 4K resolution, those two things are, are great. So, for instance, if you pick up the Star Wars films and you pick them up in high definition, well, now that they're going to be released in 4K, boom, you have them. If you have iTunes and you spent the 15 bucks to buy them originally or whatever you did spend. The idea is, is that for kids, that's great because kids like to watch movies again and again and again and again and again and again. <laughs> sometimes. Or if you like to use Siri, Siri's now actually relevant on app 4K. So your kid, let's say, gets into that song, Thunder. Feel the thunder from Imagine Dragons. It is darn catchy. And you're like, okay, so I can put it on my iPhone. I can stream it in the car. I can make a CD. I can buy a CD. I can do hundreds of things, right? I can come up with a memory stick and punch it in the car. Or and this is a big or. Or you could say, hey, Siri, show me the video of Imagine Dragon's Thunder. And do 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 do. There it is. And how are they doing that kind of thing? It doesn't look like it's through YouTube. There's no ad roll going on. 
and uh, it just got that visual element. So why do I bring this up? Oh, it's why Apple's not going to get into a TV product anytime soon. They'd rather get into the hardware that you upgrade instead of spending $900 on a TV, $800 on a TV. Uh, they want you to spend $4,000 on a TV, which you're just not going to do. Uh, so they'd rather you spend 200 on a Apple TV product where they can update the features through software on a regular basis. Anyway, I think I've officially started to bore you. 800-516-1220 to each calls in the air. In a throwback to old school on Monday Night Football, uh, they're going to release the new trailer for the new Star Wars film, which, oddly enough, tickets go on sale on the same day. Is that oddly enough or not? I guess it is. Star Wars fans, are you ready for some football, some Monday night action? Are you going to watch the Minnesota Vikings play the Chicago Bears? Just so you can watch the Star Wars The Last Jedi trailer that debuts at halftime. Oh, I'm torn. After the game, which starts at 8.15 Eastern Time, 5.15 Pacific Time, tickets for the film will go on sale on Fandango. The Last Jedi, the eighth installment of the George Lucas created film franchise, picks up where 2015's The Force Awakens left off, where we have the reclusive Skywalker and his prospective acolyte, Rey, teaching her the ways of the Force. It's not going to win an Academy Award for Best Screenplay. Maybe for music, for sure. Because this is pretty darn epic of our life, isn't it? So that's an old-fashioned way to get a message across, right? Disney's going to use ABC's Monday Night Football, or ESPN's Monday Night Football, whichever it is. Which Disney owns both franchises! So how better to get people to watch said football game than to push one of the most anticipated movies of all time. Now, if you think eight is going to be kind of epic as far as movies go, wait until nine. Nine? When they wrap up this uh, whole saga and they start just milking the franchise where they're literally, have you ever seen um, robots or the attachments attached to cows and their udders to make milk happen where people aren't milking that cow themselves anymore? That's going to be Disney and what they do with Star Wars, which brings me to one of the greatest investment opportunities. In my opinion, a stock that has underperformed in the last 18 months, Disney. They have problems with ESPN, and they're addressing some of those problems. They have problems with their content distribution, shows like Frozen, and uh, they get on Netflix and kids watch the heck out of them. Now, they get a piece of that action for sure. Uh, they get the Netflix distribution, they get the Netflix, what have you. And what they're saying is, instead of signing a deal that makes Netflix some money and us some money, we want to sign a deal that makes us some money. So they're pulling their films from Disney, from Netflix. Let it go, let it go. Um, that franchise is coming out with another movie. Speaking about getting the, the robotic udder milkers out and uh, milking a franchise, Star Wars is going to be helping ESPN tonight. Then you get uh, Elsa, which I'm thinking about dressing up as Elsa for Halloween. And you know what? When I wear the Elsa dress, I'm going to have to pay Disney some, some moolah for that. So, let it go. Let it go. Let it 
What's interesting about Indina Manzel? I kind of hate her. She's a little bit, how shall we say, full throttle. And I like a little more subtlety in my music. Don't let them in, don't let them see. Be the good girl you always have to be. Conceal, don't feel. This song makes me want to make a smoothie. Go make me a smoothie and sit on the couch with me. I don't know what that means, but we're going to be watching the Star Wars trailer when we're on said couch. So, the cold never bothered me anyway. I hate the cold. Screw you, Elsa. Screw you, Indina Mazel. I hate the cold. Can't stand the cold, except for when I'm skiing in it. Because then you know that there's a lodge at the end of the, the road, so to speak. So, okay, so is Disney a buy, sell, or hold? Well, everyone certainly on the planet knows about it. I own shares of Disney. I mean, if you don't know that, that's fine. Uh, am I promoting it? No. You don't have to buy it. I don't think you should buy it, unless you want to make some money. It's run by a guy named Robert Iger, who is compensated well. $23 million. Mama, don't let your kids grow up to be hockey players and lose their teeth and get concussions. Or as I like to say, hit their heads and get percussions. Um, mamas, let your kids grow up to be CEOs. Walt Disney uh, Company is huge. Huge. Disney Cruise Lines. Adventures by Disney. Disney Vacations. They got the Olani Resort and Spa in Hawaii. And then you start going in like Tokyo Disney. Then you start going into, oh, let's do something that you actually you actually use, Rob. What you just brought up were all these vague resorts. Um, how about ESPN Radio? How about Radio Disney? How about live-action animated television? How about parks and resorts? Disney World, Disneyland. Uh, how about DVDs? How about Blu-rays? How about Cinderella? Cinderella is not like Tinderella. Do not swipe left. Swipe right. Swipe right on, t- on Cinderella. Um, that chick has been around for a long time. And as she's been around for a long time, it's kind of up to you to understand that it's, it's intellectual property and that they don't have to pay her anymore. They kind of keep her in a basement. She's locked up. She doesn't have enough Bluetooth or wireless, Wi-Fi in order to swipe right. So she can't get out. She can't be saved. There is no prince coming for her. She's in the Disney dungeon. Little thunder. Little Apple 4K plug here. Use little Siri, say, hey Siri, play Imagine Dragons. Oh, and then you see the video and you're like, oh, thunder. Video's a little on the weird side. Try not to smoke that herb that's growing in the, in, the, in the backyard. It might mess you up. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial. Thunder, feel the thunder. Lightning and the thunder. Ladies and gentlemen, we've begun the initial descent. Now it's time to pull up on the wheel We'll let the fuel out We'll be drinking champagne We'll let the fuel out We'll be drinking champagne We'll let the fuel out We'll be drinking champagne We'll let the fuel out We'll be feeling more We're making financial sense of your portfolio now, back to Rob Black and your money on AM 1220 KDOW. I'm Rob Black. I like exchange traded funds and index funds for individual investors. 
I don't think there's any shame in them. I think they're a great way to accumulate wealth, exchange traded funds and indexes. Earlier in the show, I talked about my biggest nightmare, and it's not Freddy Krueger. It's not Jason Voorhees. It's not Friday the 13th. It's not Halloween. It's not Psycho. You know, Psycho was one of those movies when you first saw it, and you get a chance to see it this Halloween. It's, it's a fantastic movie because you never really kind of imagined yourself. Like, Frankenstein was a monster movie. Like, yeah, there's no monsters. There's no blood-sucking vampires. Psycho was the American addition to the genre of horror. And um, it was the person who looks just like you. But he happens to have a dead grandmother or a dead mother that he's keeping in the house who he talks to. Oh, and he dresses up like. And I don't even know. That just creeps me out right there. Keeping dead grandmother, keeping dead mother in house. Uh, you see stories about it all the time of people who keep dead relatives in the house all the time. Um, but the idea of going to a hotel or a motel late at night and checking in, and then you're like, hey, I saw your mother in the window last night. Was she sewing? That looked lovely. He goes, yes, she was sewing. She's making a nice quilt and like pretty scary. Okay, so for me, the scariest thing is the Federal Reserve, Jenny Yellen, and potentially her raising interest rates. I know you're saying you're scared of that pasty woman. Pasty, like, white. Like, she looks like the doughboy. Like, she looks like she might fry if you put her in the sun. Yes. So, she scares me. And yet, at the same time, this is how Wall Street works. There's money to be made if she raises interest rates. Yes, I think she could slow down the economy. But banks will make more money. And I think an exchange-rated fund that gets you bank exposure is a good idea. If you don't want to own Bank of America or J.P. Morgan, you don't have to. Or Citigroup. Those are the big three that I really like. Those all three of those names. Consult a broker for advisor, particularly action on any stock mentioned. If you want to go for value, you'd go for Wells Fargo. I might own shares of Wells Fargo. So I understand that those four banks are the big four in the U.S. So, but you don't have to do that. You can own a lot of banks in an exchange traded fund. So, like KBWB, it's the Power Shares Bank portfolio. It's tied towards the nation's biggest banks, which involve wide financial sector ETFs. The PowerShare KB Bank portfolio is one of just a few funds that provide access specifically to American megabanks and big regionals. So they have the big four, the Citigroup, the Wells Fargo, for sure, inside. Uh, but you're also going to get some exposure to, like, M&T Bank, which is headquartered in Buffalo. Buffalo is one of my favorite cities. When I did a national radio show, I, I went from city to city. I did, like, investing uh, seminars kind of thing. And the younger guys that I traveled with always wanted to go to Gentleman's Club, and there's nothing gentlemanly about Gentleman's Club, especially in Buffalo. But what was fantastic about it was the dancers had to dance in front of big screen TVs that showed the Buffalo Bills behind them. So you got to watch football and a beautiful woman. And you're like, really, Rob? Really? You went there. No no bad DJs, no, no awful music. Football. Okay, I'm dropping that story. On Back to the big banks. There's also the S&P Spider Regional Banking ETF, ticker symbol KRE, and this is regional banks, and regional banks tend to get acquired by national banks, and then you get international banks that sometimes acquire national banks, right? So there's 7,800 regional banks, um, and well, no, no, there's not 7,800 anymore. There's 5,100. There used to be 7,800, and they just kind of start acquiring each other. So if you want to own some regional banks, like if you were to go... 
I heard Atlanta is now called Hotlanta because it's growing so fast. And you wanted to own something in the South because those regional banks tend to start like in Atlanta and then they open a Athens, Georgia, and they open a Tallahassee, Florida, uh, Athens, Georgia. So and they start opening up a little regional, right? And that's how they grow. KRE is the regional ETF. Uh, and there's no shame in it. And if a big bank like Bank of America or Wells Fargo goes, you know what? We need some more bank exposure because we don't have enough. I tend to think that they have enough. And since they're moving more towards apps anyways, I think banks are, I'm not going to say endangered, but I think millennials will continue to do more banking with apps in the future. And I think that does scare me a little bit. But if you want the first trust NASDAQ community bank index, um, even more um, kind of crazy, it holds roughly 170 stocks. And they're all NASDAQ oriented, and they're a little bit more growthy than just regional banks. So I wouldn't bank at a bank called East West Bank Corp because I'm like, make up your mind, right? If they can't figure out how to come up with West Bank Corp or East Bank Corp, East West, now I get Northeast, but East West is just, it's too random for me. But it's publicly traded EWBC. Uh, it operates, get this, out of California. Don't you think it should be called West Bank Corp now instead of East West or Bank of the West? Oh, there already is a Bank of the West. So maybe they just ran out of good names. So anyway, there's some good ETFs out there that you can get different type of exposure without having that bet. Like who knew Wells Fargo was going to get into trouble and start coming up with, you know, credit cards for dead people and credit cards for people who just open up a bank account. He didn't want a credit card, but suddenly they get a credit card and like, well, I got a credit card. Might as well, you know, open it up and use it. And the person who just legally opened it up in your name, just got a, like a, you know, a bonus for that. But if you wanted to own the iShares U S financial ETF, that's ticker symbol IYG. There's a lot of choices out there. Um, and that is going not just banks, but things like Visa and MasterCard and Goldman Sachs. So suddenly you're getting some brokerage exposure, some banking exposure, some credit card exposure as well. Um, I do like the credit card plays like Visa and MasterCard. They have no exposure to credit. They have the transaction. Capital One might have exposure to the credit, not the transaction. I like the transaction better than the credit, better than the bank. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial money, investing, and more. Find me online at Rob Black Show. Use the code RADIO25 to get into any seminar for free when you sign up at robblackshow.com. Views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of the Wall Street Business Network, this station, its management, owners, or advertisers, and should not be construed as legal, tax, or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never before seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com salemnow.com